Welcome to First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. I'm your host, James Gardner, certified athletic therapist, certified strength and conditioning specialist, yoga instructor, human being. This platform, for the pros, by the pros, anybody in the performance space, and beyond. Welcome here to share in the stories of professionals, experiences, journeys, learning along the way. It's a platform to connect, to network, and to be a part of a community that cares with conversations that matter, experiences that resonate, and generate ideas, thought-provoking, organic dialogue, passionate probes. Brought to you as always by First Star Therapy, Mobility Tape, Epic, and Benchmark Athletics. In association with the Canadian Athletic Therapist Association, it's First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of it. tells me recording in progress, which means we're live. This is session 90 for Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast with our guest, a returning guest, but a new role, same guy, not same guy, uh, new role. Adam Douglas is here this evening. He is the director of sport performance, sports science and performance for the Montreal Canadians. Look forward to diving into this chat and how this evolved and after uh, for Toronto fans, at least after a, a brief and early exit, uh, we'll talk about how that evolved for you on your side. But um, all joking aside, just before we get into our chat and before we even get to our sponsors, I just t- like to take a moment of acknowledgement, uh, a moment of silence for a young man who passed away yesterday following uh, week one of U Sports football. Um, University of Ottawa defensive lineman Francis Perom, a fifth-year defensive lineman, uh, passed away yesterday following the opening week game against the University of Toronto. To his family, teammates, the first responders, and all this affects, may you find peace and grieve with support. Um, As the head coach of Ottawa stated, if you've been touched by this loss, please seek help. Um, If you're feeling overwhelmed or in need uh, of emotional support, resources are available through the University of Ottawa, uh, through Gigi's Football, at Gigi's Football, um, and at um, the University of Ottawa through all of their social media channels. Um, Let's chat. Uh, We'll jump in here, uh, a rather dark note, but at the same time, puts a lot of things in perspective in terms of sport and the value that it provides and the camaraderie and the support built within um, session 90. We're going to jump in here as always brought to you by first star therapy, mobility tape, benchmark athletics and Epic. That's E P O C H. Adam Douglas is our guest this evening. Adam is man. So many things, so many titles, a good friend, a colleague, uh, a returning guest here, um, formerly of, of oversaw all of the things at York university in a strength and conditioning role, uh, was with hockey Canada for a number of years directly with hockey Canada for a number of years, overseeing all of those things, uh, completed a PhD and amazing things in hockey and stride length and power and what all of these things need, need and mean in the sport, uh, transitioned to catapult or oversaw hockey operations with catapult 
catapult um, GPS tracking and, and beyond sort of in the analytics side of sports and, and technology and has recently been recruited and signed on with the Montreal Canadiens. Adam, welcome aboard, man. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, I think I was like probably episode like nine or 10 when you first got back pre-COVID. So happy to be back. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, I know everyone says like happy to be here, but, you know, thanks for having me back. Always great to chat with friends. And, uh, you know, you opened on a little bit of a somber moment and I didn't know about that. Like I I, I didn't know. So uh, as a former U-sport football player myself, uh, you know, that's touching. I, I feel absolutely awful for everybody there. And, and I know uh, most likely the first responders you mentioned were athletic therapists or so potentially people uh, within your audience. So uh, certainly my heart does go out to everybody uh, affected by that. Yeah, uh, much appreciated. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't there, but have spoken to a number of people who were and, and uh, always one of those things where everybody involved, this is going to touch on different levels. So again, please, anybody who is affected by this, reach out to somebody, let them know how you're feeling. And, and there are support systems in place, but also please give yourself the space and grace to grieve and, uh, and feel your way through this with the support of others. So yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, um, we'll, we'll, as news comes out, I think that I, I announced this here because that just got announced by through Ottawa and their channels and uh, and the football program. So um, we won't get into any of those details, but certainly uh, a time to to reflect and a time to um, you know to harness all those good things and and a good quality chat with a, with another solid human being and and a good friend here. Um, been looking forward to this since your announcement and and you've hunkered down now. I think in Montreal and uh, the walls aren't painted blue, red, and white just yet behind you, but uh, you're not in the office either. So this is my furnished condo uh, that I rented, short-term rentals. So we're ready. We're set up. Actually, I I I just came upstairs because I've got uh, our dietitian, our head strength coach, and our Laval strength coach downstairs. We had a football and pizza afternoon uh to get them out of the hotel a little bit uh so i just left them one of the games went into ot so uh i just left them downstairs to come up here and, and do this podcast so you know we we were at the rink this morning till about four and we said uh we got to get out so uh you know everybody kind of pile in and we'll come to my place and we'll have pizza wings and get them out of their hotel room for an afternoon yeah, the fuel that everybody needs, right? All those healthy choices that are made in the sport performance space. Um, no, beautiful. Dietitian's downstairs. She at least brought a salad to the party. There you go. You got to mix in the salad every now and then and and then chant the, was it the Homer Simpson song? You don't win <laughs> friends with salad, but you at least play the, for the tie. So uh, tie goes to overtime. Away we go. Um, Montreal, Montreal Canadians. Um, you're here. You've done so many things. You've been working from home through the pandemic. You see, obviously, you're aware of what goes on in the hockey world. Montreal beats Toronto in the first round, uh, ripping off old wounds here or recent wounds, I guess, for, for perhaps some listeners. Um, how does this evolve for you in terms of where does this role come from? How does this fit into your world and your life? And, uh, and we'll start there and then dive into hopefully some of the nitty gritty with what this role entails on your side. Yeah, well, it actually came together rather quickly uh, as things do in the sports world. Um, the outgoing, you know, performance director, his name's Pierre Allard, a good friend of mine, worked closely with him with Catapult, ran a great uh, ship here, I would say. Um, you know, he had been here 12 years and decided he wanted a new challenge. So he left on his own accord to take a, a, an actual coaching job. So he's mm -hmm. back on the bench, 
um, in Munich, in Germany. And so he kind of called me and said, I'm leaving. Uh, what do you think? Would you want me to kind of put your name on the shortlist and, and put your name forward? And uh, I had actually worked previously with Hockey Canada with the head coach, um, Dom Ducharme, and we had a great relationship. So I said, yeah, like I, I'd love it. You know, um, opportunities like this don't come along very often, but also uh, somebody uh, who I would say is uh, has enough experience like myself. Um, you know, I had certain criteria if I was ever going to consider an, an opportunity in the NHL you know, with my wife and kids, we wanted it to be a Canadian city, which obviously very narrows your, your opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was all, there was also other things because I had already been there and kind of crashed and burned a little bit, you know, well, that's going back almost 13, 14 years now. But right. um, so I, I wanted a coach I could, I had either worked with in the past, which, you know, that sounds like a, a lofty goal, but when you spend nine years with hockey Canada, you've you've worked with a lot of coaches who who so you have a good reach there um a general manager who is relatively stable and and i could clearly see a vision from them and then an organization that um you know i feel has high values there's only 32 of these jobs not even 32 performance director jobs but 32 teams in the national hockey league but you know, each one is different. And so when an original six team calls, you, you kind of answer the phone. So when Pierre uh, told me he was leaving uh, and, you know, did he want me to kind of put my name forward? I said, absolutely. Uh, reached out through my network a little bit to, to kind of, I hadn't talked to Dom in a while, but, um, you know, kind of reached out to the organization, told him I'd be interested. And then, you know, Dom called me, the head coach called me. We had a great chat. Um, meanwhile, uh, Mark Bergevin, the GM, was also vetting me through Hockey Canada. Mark's very well connected with Hockey Canada. So uh, I had found out kind of through my network and through my references, you know, that he had called and done his due diligence. And then I had a call with a coach GM and assistant GM. You know, we just kind of talked about vision, where I saw the role, what I would kind of, you know, bring to the table. And, you know, they called me, you know, a little bit later and offered me the position. So uh, it, it, it checked all of my boxes. You know, I was very happy, uh, what I was doing with both hockey Canada and catapult, you know, the nice part about both of those was with hockey Canada, I was very much still in the applied world, getting that, that team experience and working with coaches and athletes, but with hockey Canada, you know, I was at that, you know, I, I would say that cutting edge of sport technology, but op able to work with, uh, you know, but they just signed their 16th team in hockey. So um, you know, half the league were guys I was talking to every day. So I, I was very happy there, but you know, the opportunity to work in, with an organization that checks all your boxes, you know, the, a coach, you know, a very stable GM with a very strong vision, a Canadian team, um, a, a, a team that has, you know, a long-term culture and his, history, not just themselves, but of, of the people that work there, you know, Pierre had been there 12 years, their medical staff is phenomenal. They've been there a long time. They're well-established. Uh, so to come in and be able to, um, put your own spin on things was great. And, um, you know, fortunately not because of poor performance, poor job performance, but the strength coach from Montreal was moving on to another role and the strength coach in Laval, which is our American hockey league team was moving on as well. Uh, like all personal choice, not, not poor performance or got fired. So I, I was able to come in as the director of sports science and performance 
and hire my own team uh, under my own vision and um, aligned goals, um, which is huge. Like not many people, you, you, you usually inherit who you, who you get, but I had the opportunity to, to bring in my own people. So, you know, I spent the first three weeks on the, on, on the job interviewing. Um, and, and for both the Laval role and the, and the Montreal role, it was myself. I vetted them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, then I had them fill out a, you know, I, I'll call it a questionnaire, but it was really four or five questions, like, like performance related questions. And then we did an, an interview with myself and our therapy team. Um, people who are well-established, I hadn't even met them yet, but I reached out and said, do you want to be involved and help us hire these strength coaches? Because for me, alignment with our medical program important. So I wanted them to feel involved in that process and feel and, and get their opinion because they'd been in it. People who they thought would fit into the already established culture uh, of the Montreal Canadians and the Laval Rockets. So, um, you know, Glenn, Glenn Kenny, who helped, who's our head therapist in, in Laval, was on our interview panel for the Laval job. And then Graham Rybend and Matthew Romero, two of our athletic therapists slash physios helped uh, with the Montreal job. So, you know, being able to do that, plus uh, our dietitian chose the opportunity to transition out. So I got to hire our own performance dietitian. Um, so, you know, we're coming in, we're brand new, but we're coming into an, a greatly established organization. And, you know, you can't, you can't, I couldn't say no. Like I, I could not say yeah. no to the yeah, it, it sounds very much that way. I mean, I, I I know you, and we go back a number of years, and 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 sure, you you have to have a criteria to to move into some of these positions. You know how much these positions take. You know how much time they take. You know what they take you away from. All of these pieces, um, and, and not to cut down to it, but those. The number of times that you spoke to relationships and to a storied history and to an understanding and established medical staff and uh, and building from those pieces with people that you know and trust and, and have sort of at least had the opportunity to vet and 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 not everybody stepping into these roles reaches out to the current staff and and, and draws them in. I think that's a that's a critical piece, obviously, from from your side um, and from their side. It it obviously um, provides an opportunity of trust right away, an opportunity of, of codependence in, in these roles and, and the overlap between therapy and strength and conditioning. And, um, and obviously, like, I don't want to say the old guard, but those that are well established in the organization, and then you coming in, and you talk about coming in new and fresh and these pieces, but none of you are new and fresh to this world. So how does that, uh, how does that play into sort of filtering in is it lots of hours to get i mean you already talked about it coming in here you got sunday night everybody's together the downstairs crushing wings and pizza and and football and and you just kind of get together and hang out and i'm sure there's a lot of authentic conversation and 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 bonding and and these different things where you can start to understand characteristics and personalities and these other pieces but what is a vision when you come into a team like this with a with an original six like this is this is a dream job for, for, for many therapists and strength coaches out there. And, and for you, I would imagine as well. And, and, but you're actually living this, this dream that you're right. Not everybody has this role. Certainly not everybody has this in a storied history like Montreal. So how do you sort of pinch yourself and bring you back to reality and, um, and begin to navigate? What are the first steps for you um, jumping in? You know, the, the one thing, so ended up hiring, uh, we went through like the interview process was a lot, but I, I, had, I wanted to find somebody that, you know, we 
could work well with uh, for both positions. Um, ended up hiring Dale LeBlanc, who you and I both worked with uh, in, in in York or at York. Um, yeah, but really back when. So, so that was a big piece, right? Somebody you're familiar with and, and everyone says, Oh, like you just, you hire your friends or hire your people, you know, but it was tough. Like, like we put Dale through the ringer, like it got down to our final two candidates. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I did an interview. We, we did the written piece, like I had mentioned, then we did the interview with the therapists and then our top two candidates did an interview with myself, our GM and our head coach. Right. And then um, we did an interview with our captain, Shea Weber, Shea Weber as well. Um, so we like we we did our due diligence and, you know, the opportunity to work again with Dale, you know, was, was a very strong positive because we knew what he could bring. And, and really the number one thing that our number one mandate, certainly early on now that we've been here a little bit, but our number one man, mandate, and this is something I, I echo to both, you know, candidates we were talking to, but, you know, I knew Dale could do a good job was it is you know, certainly for this first year, we need to be chameleons. Like we are the only two people coming into an already well-established organization that has very well-established principles and they're successful, right? A lot of times you can come into these jobs and it's, you know, the people that were there before you were scorched earth and you're coming in, you're building from the ground up. We are, we are coming into an already well-established organization with people who are at the top of their game. So we need to fit in. Mm -hmm. and, you know, now that we've been here a little bit, it's okay, how do we fit in and continue to improve what was already built on? Because, you know, Pierre and Pat, the outgoing performance director and strength and conditioning coach did a great job. But also at the same time, I'm a very type A personality. So it's how can we take what they did and make it better? And that's not a knock on them because they did a great job, but fresh eyes can see a lot of things. So one of the th- first things Dale and I did was we came in and said, how can we change the gym? And that's not dropping 30 to 40 K on brand new equipment. It's how can we just change this area to make it our space? So we moved the dumbbell rack, put it against the wall, created open space. We moved uh, where they had all their like SMR stuff to a different area in the gym to make it flow a little bit better and and just open stuff up. So now when guys walk in, they're like, wow, this is a brand new space. And in our head, we're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in reality, we know we just moved some stuff around to, you know, open it up, give it a fresh perspective. And we wanted people to feel like it was a new space without actually changing much. You know, we, we only got rid of a few equipment. Although when I say that we also filled a a dumpster full of just kind of, kind of like old equipment stuff that had been broken, you know, just, you know, you have that opportunity to, to bring fresh eyes to things, but you know, we didn't really change that much yet, but guys walk in now that they've been coming back and they're like, wow, like this looks like a new space. And we just moved, you know, shifted a few things around. It's like, <laughs> you know, like I'll use yeah. the example of when Sam took over from me at York and Emerson now, like I see their, their stuff on Instagram, it's the exact same equipment, but they just brought fresh eyes to that space. And it's like, wow, right. it looks like a brand new gym. Right. So, um, you know, we wanted that opportunity to do that. Um, and anytime there's change, you know, I, I'm going to say all people are a lot more open to things, you know, like, you know, we pitch ideas and people are like, yeah, that's great. And, you know, the outgoing people might've said that five or five or six times, but, you know, a new voice comes in and, and they, you know, they're, they're more welcome to it. And it's not that we're doing anything different. It's just whenever there's change, there's opportunity to, to trial different things. So, sure. so really, but to answer your question, long story short, you know, Dale and I's mandate was to be chameleons, come in, figure out 
you know, what could we do without uh, uh, overturning the apple cart? Um, how do we fit in? But at, at the same time, you know, how can we make it better? And, and we found some, some simple and easy wins. And, and, you know, we're just going to kind of continually to compound those and build them. Yeah, beautiful capture. And I think all of those points are, um, can resonate for, for, you know, new grads, for, for student therapists that are still in the world, student strength coaches, interns, wherever you are uh, in the performance space, or even as a practitioner or parents or whatever these things are, is um, you don't have to overhaul everything in, in your first move. Um, but being able to, to fit into the environment, capture what the environment is and, and, this is one of the things that I, one of many things that I took away from you, Adam, in our time, overlapping time at York was the bare bones of it when it came down to myself walking from the therapy room down to the strength and conditioning and trying to collaborate was to sit and listen and, and try to capture your vision uh, and fit into that so that we could blend things a little bit more. And, and the one thing that really jumped out is you have this Yes, type A, maybe to a certain degree, but uh, but also this ability to capture that the sports need analysis was one thing that you did so, so well. Um, and, and just looking at what does this team need? What does this sport need? And then within this sport, what do these positional players need? But those individual athletes as well, you know, who doesn't move well through their ankle? but should be moving well through their ankle, um, these kinds of pieces. And, and, and this needs analysis goes much further. And obviously we have small circles that overlap as well um, on this end. And, and the other thing that, that I think, and, and compliment, I hope, um, you know what you bring to the table. You understand your value. And, and I think that's a difficult thing for many of us to, to capture and to put out there. But at the same time, you also identify where you need support and, and Dale and you are not the same person, um, but you fill the, the gaps. I don't want to say gaps, but the, the, um, the areas of support that the other may need. And I think that in terms of, of laying out personnel into a new space is, is only going to elevate things, um, hopefully, uh, in the Canadian system. And, and again, that storied history and, and knowing who's there and um, getting your feet on the ground early with that, that that's massive. Like these are massive uh, um, touch points, learning points for, for all of us at whatever stage we're at in our career. And the next part being, change and and being on the other side and understanding you know if we flip everything upside down we're probably going to disrupt some things too so if we just go gently about this same space don't change too much don't bring in all new systems on day one um but make some some moderate changes so that when they walk in they know it's new but they also know it's familiar and and friendly and and still uh, available to them so some really great takeaways and just a, a brief capture of of this transition for you uh you're in montreal now camp is officially getting started is that where yeah, we're, we're at right now camp. We've had yeah. like five, five, four or five days of rookie camp and then main camp starts Wednesday. So, right. Um, yeah. So things will, things will ramp up again. And, and, and then um, for the listeners out there, for, for all of us listening, uh, what does this role entail for you? You're obviously not going to be um, on the bench every day, but, but where does this situate in terms of what is the director of, yeah. of sports science and performance? Well, for me, the role, um, and I wish you had prepped me because uh, <laughs> I have slides of what this is now. But yeah. but essentially, in a nutshell, that the non-presentation uh, perspective is essentially I'm in charge of the global 
organizational vision of performance uh, or anything off the ice that can improve performance on the ice is kind of how you do it. So for me, um, I'm not in the day-to-day, but I'm in charge of the organizational objectives and vision to ensure high performance. And so that means I work across our, our you know, scouting and development. I work across our, um, obviously our pro organization with the Montreal Canadiens, but I'm also in charge of our prospect pipeline from the Laval Rocket. Uh, you know, I have hired uh, individuals to work on the day-to-day to get stuck into, um, you know, the actual training. So I'm not going to be programming unless Dale needs help or, if, you know, we have re- rehabbed injured guys that, you know, Dale's away and, and they step in. But but Dale's in charge of the day-to-day and I'm there to support him. You know, we, we have this real nice dichotomy in that, you know, things are crazy right now. Like we'll have 20 to 30 guys show up because we're a week out of training camp and they're all coming back. So Jim, the gym is absolutely crazy, but the nice part is, is I can step in and coach because of my background in strength and conditioning as a strength coach. Yeah. And Dale and I have previously worked together that he knows if I'm stepping in, it's not to, you know, be this panoptic eye over top of him to, to evaluate what he's doing, but I'm stepping in to help. So, you know, and I'm not tooting my own horn here, but yesterday we were doing like resisted shuffle cut drills and I'm more than happy to step in and work with those guys to hold a band, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Like that's, that's, you know, uh, that's just what we do. And, and so that's where, you know, Dale and I can work well because, you know, the gym is, we, we're describing it right now as it's organized chaos because we've got 30 different guys. Some of them we've never seen. They just walked into the gym five minutes ago and are like, well, let's train. And, and so we, you know, we've got that um that going on and, and uh, you know a, a lot of what i'm doing are kind of some of the sports science initiatives so i'm in charge of kind of running our our player tracking or our player monitoring system making sure we've got a lot of um organization across uh the different levels from our prospects to our american hockey league team to our nhl team you know kind of just streamlining things a lot right uh, you know but really if i had to summarize it it's it, anything that can impact performance on the ice falls under my purview. You know, the, our, our mental performance consultant is a phenomenal Dr. David Scott from the university of new Brunswick. You know, he, he falls under my thing. And the first thing we said is, you know, he's like, Oh, I guess I fall under yours. And I said, Hey, if what you're doing is working, you know, let's keep it up. I'd love to learn more about it, but I'm not going to change how you do your job because you are extremely successful. And he's been in the national hockey league since, 99 or something like that like it's you know mm-hmm. he might fall under my, under me but i'm not going to come in and tell him how he needs to do his job and 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 i uh, you know i i firmly believe in a, in a lot of autonomy between you know our dietitian at dale and, and steph Gervais, who we hired in laval but really uh a lot of what i need to do is is work on our our performance vision you know i i think there's there's opportunities to make sure it's aligned make sure we have those pipelines you know, one of the things that Dale and I, you know, we joke, but we want to try to have uh, like a flow chart for every decision-making process we have. So uh, how do we get, is a guy fast? Like, we'll just start there. Is a guy fast? Then it's like, yes or no. What are the decision trees coming out of it? Because people understand division trees and the nice part about division trees. Well, we know sport performance isn't black and white, so it's not always going to be yes or no answer it can provide you with a lot of information to help people understand why you're doing things. 
And that's the number one thing Dale and I decided we're going to do is we're going to be very open in what we're asking people to do. We're asking you to train this specific way because of X. And we believe X helps you be a better hockey player. You know, the number, you know, we're meeting a lot of players for the first time. I've been there two and a half weeks, same as Dale, like in Montreal, three weeks, maybe, you know, but we're meeting all these new players as they come back into town and get ready for camp. And, you know, basically, you know, my conversation with them goes the same way. And I say, you know, Dale and I are here to help you be better on the ice. You know, so whatever you need to perform your sport, we're going to help you with it. But at the same time, you know, we have, we have certain things that we know will help you. And so we want to help you integrate that into, into what you want to do. But at the end of the day, we want to do whatever we can to help you. Because if you are the best player you can be, it's going to help the broader organization, the Montreal Canadiens. And, and, you know, we really feel like that, you know, vision will, will, you know, feed up the chain. And it's, we say the same thing in the coaches. If we can put the players in the best position to succeed so the coaches can get the best out of them when it's time, then we've done our job. And, and that's what we do. We, we're, we're just going to try to, uh, you know, take a, a, an individualized approach to, to our players, you know, health and performance so we can put them in a position to succeed on the ice. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing, um, uh, so many amazing pieces to take from that too. And, and, and leading through living it, Adam is, is another thing is like your, your discussion as to like, we need to be chameleon and come in here and just sort of fit in and, and be able to do this and be able to do that. And, and then being able to, to follow that up by living it. A lot of people have great vision, but they don't necessarily follow through on the living it piece. Um, and, and being able to get on the floor and hold a band and, and be active in the strength coach part of things to support uh, the organized chaos that is a, a rookie camp and the beginning of training camp. Um, as you know, you're not doing it for an ulterior motive, but it bodes very well for responsiveness from the athletes moving forward our director is uh, i see it as our therapist is willing to do laundry our therapist is willing to spray down tables our therapist is willing to so on and so forth from this realm um you know first one in last one out kind of mentality or or just do the simple things as well as the really complex things it it, it, the responsiveness of athletes goes a long way when they see you in multiple hats as well And, and then the autonomy that you spoke of in your role um trickles out ripples out into the athletes as well you want them to be their best you want to be there to support them in those roles but ultimately they're in control of 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 where they can be their best and how they can be their best they need to be coached along the way they need to be pushed where they need to be pushed and 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 sort of guided but um they also need to get the most out of themselves and i think those are great captures for um for all of us from the therapy side, from the strength side, from, from anybody listening into this, uh, whether you're a leader or somebody who follows, who falls underneath leadership. Um, this is, this is an outstanding sort of discussion from, from leadership down, but you talk about horizontal as well as vertical, you know, you're across the organization, but you're also up the chain to, to sort of administration and the GM is, is that a fair way to sort of see your role? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you two, two, two quick stories that happened this past week based off kind of what you just said there, James. And number one, I think a, a lot of, you know, when you say, you know, they see you holding that banner, you know, you're kind of in the trenches there is mm-hmm. a lot of people in my role, like, you know, this performance director role is relatively new in the National Hockey League. Um, and not everybody has had success with it. Those, you know, right. it's, potentially some of that is they were just too new, like too early, right? There's that whole, like, you know, disruptors versus innovators versus whatever. 
Um, but a lot of people in this role that I'm in, um, the players perceive them as, oh, that's the guy behind the computer, or that's the guy looking at numbers, or that's the sure. guy who collects all this stuff on us and do- doesn't tell us. And, and my, one of the things I've said to Dale is, I want to be out on the gym floor. So be prepared for me to be out there, you know, coaching with you, because I want players to see me in a role that engages with them. You know, I don't want them to just walk by and be like, oh, Adam's in his office again, staring at computers and spreadsheets and, and whatever. So like, you know, that's one of the things I've said is like, we, we need to be out there and we need to be visible. And, and the other massive. thing, when you talk about, you know, first in last out, wiping down tables, that sort of thing, and, and, and kind of getting stuck in is, you know, we had a recent conversation just yesterday or the day before my days all blend into each other, but um, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I had a conversation with our equipment staff, like our equipment guys, our head equipment therapist, our assistant equipment therapist, his assistant about responsibilities on the road. And I said to them, listen, uh, you know, Dale and I, Dale's going to do all the travel. I, I'm going to travel quite frequently this first year, but we want you to tell us if you need us because we want to help. So the, the outgoing guys, yeah, they'd come, you know, late night, plane lands, go to the rink, help set up. And they're like, are, are you guys okay with that? I said, absolutely. Like we're team players here. We want to do what's easiest for everybody because if, you know, we sacrifice an hour of sleep. So everybody goes to bed a half an hour earlier. That's better for the team than for us getting that extra hour of sleep and you going to bed two hours later. And, you know, they're like, are, are you guys sure? Like, not that the other people didn't do it because they did it, but um, like I wanted to be, and I said, I, I want, I want this out on the table. I want to set the expectation. We will help you. And they're like, you know, we get it. Like if, if we have a workout at 9am the next morning, we're not going to expect you to come help us, you know? And I said, perfect. And, you know, if you, you know, we're there if you need us. And, and, you know, I think that goes a long way. And like, I was talking to, to Dale today and I was, I was telling him that he's like, he's absolutely all for it. And, um, it goes a long way. And, I, and, you know, we're there for the team. And, and there are some people that might be like, Oh, you're a performance director. Like, I guess technically I'm management, but I still want to be close to the team. But also at the same time, like, we're a team. Like if, if I, if myself as a performance director can help uplift other areas of the organization in the mundane day to day, we're going to do it. Like it's not fun hanging wet, soggy equipment at two o'clock in the morning when you land, but guess what? That's where you get to know people. That's where the stories from the road come up. And, and that's where like, I'm going to tell you, and I don't think our equipment guys will ever watch this, but I've already called in like two or three favors that I was dreading going to ask them for getting stuff set up for me, like sewing catapult pouches on the back of 30 different shoulder pads. Like I said to them, I'm like, guys, I feel really bad asking you this because I haven't earned enough favors from you yet, but can you do this for me? And they're like, absolutely no problem. Like no questions. So here I am, like, who am I to say, no, I'm not going to help you. Like I want to help these guys. Like they helped me huge. Like I, and I, like our, our, um, one of our other assistant equipment managers, he has been unbelievable. His name's Steamer. And, and so I like my first week here it was Steamer. What's this Steamer? Can you help me with that? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. So it got to the point where it's like, like my fifth or sixth question of the day, I said, Steamer, I feel really bad, but I've got a question for you. And he was like, oh my gosh, like never feel that way. He's like, he's been here like 30 years. He's like, I couldn't imagine moving to a new city, going to a new organization. You don't know where anything is or who to call or whatever. He's like, 
don't like, don't even mention that again. You call, you call me or ask me as many questions as you want. So like, those are the people I want to help. Like those are the people I want to be around. And, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of people in hockey that are like that. Like it's a great sport that way. There's so many people I worked with at hockey Canada that are that exact same way. And, and I, you know, I just, you know, as corny or as cheesy as it sounds blessed to be in another in, environment or organization that has people that, that are that way that, you know, want to help they, Like they want to do what's best for the team. If it makes my job easier, great. At the same time, if it makes their job easier, Dale and I are going to do it with them. Sure. And, 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 and you see that you, you can, if you've been in sport or you've been behind the scenes a little bit in sport, you see the organizations where that happens. Like you can see the team without the highest payroll, the team that pulls together um, that sort of like camaraderie and, and all those other pieces and, and the team that's not supposed to win that first round of the playoffs, right? Like, like those teams generally speaking have, have a lot of that underbelly stuff that can't be analyzed through um cbc or tsn or, or people that are on the outside looking in and um it's 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 a really great insight and and one of the things that i learned in my first few days in pro sport was if there are two people you better get to know it's the equipment manager and the clubhouse attendant and and get to know them very well know what they drink know what they take in their coffee because you're going to have a lot of overlap with them coming in early leaving late uh, and understanding that they are a very big part of things they are the glue uh, sometimes quite literally maybe the stitch that holds things together right as as things move along and uh I don't think people that are outside or, or trying to get in um, could get better insight than, than some of the stuff that you shared just from your first couple of weeks there. Um, amazing stuff and amazing capture. And um, sure, it looks like from the outside, you're just hiring your buddy, but, but Dale LeBlanc an amazing uh, strength coach who's going to be there now in the day to day and doing the travel. And um, we won't get into to talking about Dale and, and any of those things without him being here, but I uh, would love to capture you guys maybe at the all-star break or something like that and check in with both of you at the same time and see how things are going. Um, with Montreal it's uh, it's a dream job it's an original six team but um, they got some beauties they got some beauties in bringing you guys on board so um, publicly congratulations to you congratulations to Dale congratulations uh, on the big move uh, a lot of consideration as well just before we wrap up but uh, a lot of consideration and, and you don't need to get into detail it's, that's not the goal here but the goal here is to shine a little bit of light of the considerations to life, right? Like, like you're now in Montreal, you, you mentioned your wife and your kids and these things, like these are not easy decisions to make. Um, they obviously factor into the decision-making process. How would you capture sort of that part, I guess, for the audience, for maybe the younger listeners or, or those that are considering um, a return perhaps to pro sport or a consideration of a pro job? Yeah, it's tough. Like, uh, certainly you need to consider a lot more things before you take an opportunity like this. Um, you know, my wife and I talked about it a lot, obviously I couldn't do it. I think it might've been your podcast or certainly Scott Livingston's podcast. I talked a lot about having that support, strong support network back home. Um, but, uh, you know, my wife and I kind of always talked about these windows of opportunity and, it had a lot to do with the kids age and their age in school. We didn't want to uproot the kids as they entered their teen years or tween years, I guess. So my oldest is nine. So we are right kind of on the edge of, you know, moving opportunity. Um, again, as I talked about at the beginning with it being a Canadian city, um, you know, that factored in a lot, but 
uh, you know, the thing in Montreal is the language. Uh, I, I will say it add a lot of stress to my wife and my kids uh, currently about they didn't know if they would understand the language. How would they communicate? What's the school system like? Um, you know, fortunately, a few things, um, you know, being, you know, I have a fairly good connection with a lot of therapists and, and coaches from Hockey Canada in the Quebec League. And so talk to a lot of them. You know, a lot of them would say, like, Montreal is a bilingual city, but everybody here is, I don't want to say it's more English than French, but I haven't run into an opportunity yet where I haven't been able to communicate with somebody. Right. Um, and and so that, you know, I talked to a, a few of the people that worked in Montreal. They're like, yes, like, you know, that won't be a problem. And so that helped these things, you know, the being an organization like Montreal, they have people to help you. Like, I have a tutor that that will work with me on teaching me French or for me a lot it's just dusting off the cobwebs back in my brain from high school my last French class was high school um right but my kids like in Ontario they don't really teach French like my kids don't like French like it's their least favorite subject in school so there's that anxiety of well they hate it the way they learn it now but when you're ingrained in it at that young age like I'm excited for my kids to learn French um, especially being here and seeing how powerful bilingualism is um, you know, they're, they're at an age where I think it'll be relatively easy for them when they're in that. Um, but these are all things like we had to consider, like we had lots of conversations even now. So my family stayed back in Oakville and I came mm -hmm. and that was a big, big decision. And, you know, they just left, actually, they were here this weekend. I, I went home last weekend before the craziness started, they'll come up Thanksgiving. So we're going to go back and forth a little bit. Um, but we didn't feel like as, as as bad as it was to break up our family unit for, for the year, we didn't feel it was right based off the COVID year that our kids had and the, the crazy school year they had to drop on them three weeks before school that they were looking forward to going back to that we were moving. So right. we made the decision that um, my wife and kids will come next summer um, and, and I'll just get, you know, a short-term rental place and you know grind it out you know I, i'm working 12 to 14 hour days as we establish ourselves here and so we didn't want to drop that on my wife that guess what we're, you're moving to a new city we're uprooting the kids all of that upheaval and oh i'm going to be working 14 hour days so you'll never see me um like we just didn't think that was fair to anybody and you know so we you know we kind of made that decision that they were going to stay back and you know, I, I would, I wish I could say it was all sunshine and rainbows, but you know, there's, it's tough. Like, you know, even my kids, like, you know, they're worried about missing their friends. They're worried about doing this. Like they don't, they don't understand the gravity or the opportunity that this job can mean for our family or myself or my career. They don't get that. Like, right they don't care if it's the Montreal Canadians. They don't care if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't care if it's the Calgary flames. They just don't want to leave Oakville. Like they don't get that right. They're not teenagers. They're not, you know, they're not 20 years old and old and can be like, wow, that's a cool job. But um, so there's, they're, you know, they're slowly warming up to it. Um, you know, the nice part is the organization is fantastic. So whether I need help, finding a place they have somebody whether they have edgy that like I mentioned the tutor they have education consultants they have people there that are willing to make the transition as easy as possible but it, it was a family decision and you know sometimes my wife and I are like oh geez did we make the right one but at the end of the day like we know come next summer we're all going to be here we're all going to be together and 
Um, actually, the nice part is this gives us seven months to find the exact area of Montreal or South Shore that we want to live. And yeah. we, didn't, we didn't have to rush into anything. And, yeah. you know, that's the nice part. So, so there are pros and cons. You know, sometimes we, we wish we had just done it you know, right away, rip the bandaid off and take the three to four weeks of absolute chaos and turmoil and <laughs> and everything of, of, you know, fully upending. But uh, at the same time, we're like, no, like we're sticking to our guns. We're going to do this slow process because at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. And, and again, some, some amazing insight and appreciate you sharing uh, the personal side of this as well. And, and the home life, because I think those are considerations that, that some of us, uh, all of us, if, if we haven't been there, um, you know, don't necessarily consider and um, all of those pieces. Right. And, and there are some amazing areas of Montreal. I'll make sure you explore that in these warmer months uh, before the winter kicks on fully, but the summers, there are beautiful, lots of, uh, you know, stone, brick walkways and roadways and, and some some really uh, amazing history, obviously, too, outside of the organization um, itself. So, uh, man, just just uh, so happy for you and heard about that, saw that, read that and uh, and and just wanted to connect and connect you with our audience like once again um, in a new role and, and just show that all of this hard work, this vision, this this. Um, sort of a non-linear path can lead to some pretty amazing things. I, I know this wasn't necessarily the focal point, but it was always there and all of your work was always recognized in the hockey world. And um, just, yeah, man, uh, original six, uh, no matter what colors it is, uh, what, a, what a thrill, a Canadian team. And um, to go in there with your vision, they are, uh, they're lucky to have you on board and, and uh, what a piece this will be. So we'll be watching, we'll be watching closely from this side of things and, and watching stride length and all these other things and reading your PhD and all these other papers and things like that. As we get going uh, here into the hockey season, man, it's uh, always great to catch up. Always great to see your face, hear your voice. And um, for all your shares this evening and, and, and in the past, man, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, James. Glad to be a part of it. And you've grown this podcast. Uh, as I said, I think I was number nine or eight or seven when you first got back from Bahamas. Back. So to see where you've grown this too, that's awesome. And uh, kudos to you for offering this service to, uh, you know, your athletic therapy world. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, well, it, it, it only goes as far as the guests. So that, that all comes down to you. Appreciate that, man. And uh, session 90, first star, let's chat an athletic therapy podcast with Adam Douglas, director of sports science and performance, Montreal Canadians, uh, as always brought to you by first start therapy, benchmark athletics, mobility tape and Epic that's E P O C H. And, and once again, um, bringing it back around to the start of this, we'll just take a moment here of acknowledgement, uh, for the life of, of Francis Perron with the university of Ottawa and, um, to all those that have been touched by this loss or, or any other loss, to be quite honest, um, seek, seek the help. Seek help if you're feeling overwhelmed or in need of emotional support. There's help out there. There's channels available. Um, sport provides so much. Uh, so with that said, wish everybody uh, a peaceful night. Good evening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this community. Check us out online 
firststartherapy.com. That's F-I-R-S-T-A-R therapy.com. Or email us with feedback, consult at firststartherapy.com. C-O-N-S-U-L-T at firststartherapy.com. On Instagram at firststar.therapy. And our podcast host at letschat.at. This is First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast.